What's going on? We back another Can We Keep It Real podcast. You know what I mean? Always keep it real, always keep it authentic, and always keep it 100. That's something that I always said for a long time. Let me let me turn this down. But this is brought to you by Rally Point. The only way to stand is together. A new sponsor. Shout out to Wes Pennington. Uh, I watched one of Wes Pennington's podcasts yesterday, uh, and it was pretty good. And um, the topic that he is actually doing, he has a sermon he's doing this week, and he said the sermon is actually on can we keep it real. And I was like, that's that's pretty hot. You know what I mean? Uh, because, you know, that's my saying that, you know, a lot of people saying, but a lot of things went on this week. And uh, don't forget, tune in tomorrow. Set the record straight. The Anto 2-3 coach fought, and he's going to be on. He's going to lay it down, let you pretty much know. What went on over there at EWG football? And then, you know, that's probably it. But today, today, man, Coach Gary Goodhart, Coventry Oak is on um, third year head coach. Is it third year? Uh, going in, well, third season. I guess technically uh, the, with the spring season, my first year as a head coach, and then the fall season right after. So technically third season, going so- into third season. You know, uh, some people don't even count that COVID season. <laughs> you know, I know the Super Bowl champions all do. They count well, that season. But when I talk to, like, Coach Dunbar, he says, like, this is his second. He considers this, like, his second full season at, at Westerly. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Like, the, the COVID year, I mean, I became the head coach, like, December 14th or whatever of 2020. Then the 2021 season, we started practicing in, like, January or whenever the heck it was. And, like it wasn't, we didn't really have real time. Like, you know, even, even after, you know, uh, the, the spring season, you, you know, we finished May 8th or May 9th, whenever that Saturday, uh, the Friday or Saturday was, we had that Super Bowl, And then from there, you know, you, the kids go into lacrosse, excuse me, they got whatever sports they were playing at the time. There was just, everything was such a mix and mess. You didn't get a full off season. So even still technically to me, this is like, this is the first first real season because you get a full full off season and you know with weightlifting and everything you got to do and you know last year this past past fall you didn't get none of that like you we went straight from football the kids went right into other sports and then back into football so there was no no off season training no real lifting we got we didn't start lifting till like way late so this to me that going into this season is my first full season so it's technically like my first real season now, we're going to get into that. A lot of teams are actually doing their off-season conditioning. But what's going on? Let me see this. I wanted to share this, too. Um, 5 p.m., there's a swim meet February 18th, Division Four Boys and Girls Combined at Roger Williams University. The other thing I wanted to say, too, the other day, Coventry High School, they reached out to me. They wanted me to make a video and help promote the um, – they wanted me to – help promote something they were doing for the West Warwick teenagers that were injured in the car accident. And uh, shout out to the boys basketball team and, uh, and the cheerleaders over there. I think they raised $540 and whoever won the 50, 50 donated their portion, I believe of the 50, 50 raffle, you know, so that's a thousand eighty tonight. West Warwick is giving their door money to them boys this is what it's all about when there's a tragedy. We need to come together. And I challenge every high school in the state for every event. That door money, the 50-50 raffle should go to them boys and their families. You know, Rhode Island's a small state. So the, the sense of community can be even greater than other places like Massachusetts, Connecticut. You know, got these bigger states with a whole bunch of people. But Rhode Island's so small, you know, everybody's kind of connected. Having, you know, something, you know, it, it, it's a... It's a great thing, you know, but at the same time, you know, something so small where, you know, just donating a 50-50 or donating the door and Coventry and West Warwick, you know, they're, you know, those, the towns touch, but at the same time, you know, they're rivals and, you know, you got to put all that aside. There's a bigger thing going on with these, these boys right now, you know, they're, they need more than, you know, just a rivalry here. They got to be, you know, something else. we got to all stand together, you know, help out these families and these boys. They need our prayers, um, and I know they needed blood. They needed plasma. You know, some people are getting on some of the media people, you know, saying, let's forget about the justice situation and talk about what these boys need. Everyone's talking about justice, and, of course, they will get justice in due time. But right now, these kids really need uh, – they need 
blood plasma if they still need it. You, you know, we have to just come together to help their families right now. Yeah, challenges communities to, you know, like you said, put all that aside and worry about what's best for these boys right now. Let's get them back to, you know, feeling good and whatever they need. You know, that's what we should worry about right now, not worry about the justice that will come. Whatever, whatever that that guy, you know, whatever he's going to get, it's going to come to him. But Shout out right now, he says everyone knows everyone and we all help each other. That's right. What's up, coach? How you doing? Cliff, what's going on, big guy? He's always in the comment section uh but yeah he'll definitely he'll be on tomorrow night 8 p.m and uh you know set the record straight the onto true coach fault and you know just pretty much gonna let people know you know what went down there's a lot of false rumors going out there so um you know let him just let everybody know what happened so nobody can speculate and um you know no rules were broken um, no RIIL rules were broken, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll let Coach we'll let Coach Fulton handle that tomorrow. Um, he actually left a comment for you, Coach. He said, "Good hot, good my dude, good hot my dude." Yeah, you know no, Cliff's I mean? a good guy. I mean, he's uh he's been he's done nothing but you know good things for me, and you know he always he always reaches out. There's information that you know goes out to coaches, and you know there's coaches around the state that they don't they don't get information uh, for whatever reason. So, you know, Cliff's always done a good job, you know, being like, Hey, did you hear about this? You know, so I, you know, Cliff's Cliff's is Cliff's always had my back and, you know, we all got his, I know there's a lot of coaches around the state that, you know, we all appreciate Cliff and, you know, we all, we all know he's a good coach and he didn't deserve what happened. Um, you know, Cliff does seven on seven during the summer, you know, he didn't have to invite Coventry and any of the other schools and, you know, he didn't, he didn't even charge anybody. He could have, he could have charged, you know, we, we would have raised the money for it and paid for it, but you know, Cliff's such a good guy. And, you know, he, he didn't worry about that. You know, Cliff did a, a lineman clinic at, at EWG, you know, he didn't have to do that. You know, he didn't charge the kids, you know, Cliff, Cliff cares about the kids and, you know, it's too bad that he's going through what he is right now because he doesn't deserve it. And I've been hearing a lot of them, them same stories to other coaches throughout the state. They said hey, that Cliff went out and got a trophy bigger than, him yeah things like five <laughs> feet tall <laughs> you know Narragansett you know, has it right now but you know and i know coach blessing made a joke about it it's like carrying this thing around is uh is pretty challenging <laughs> <laughs> it's not a small trophy no joke it's like it's legit like cliff cliff went and got a legit trophy for for a seven on seven it's not it's not even like a joke that thing's five feet tall not definitely and it made me want to um get the winning championship teams, you know, a real trophy this year, which I still will. Um, just trying to handle some other things, but that was my word. I'll definitely come through on that, man. I was looking over some of the numbers for um, our coach Fulton said much respect, you know what I mean? And uh, coach Goodhart, you coming from Maine before I get into these, um, these stats from our season across the league, you coming from Maine into Rhode Island. Is it a big culture difference? Culturally, yeah. I mean, Maine, Maine really has a couple of like, like cities, I guess. Uh, Portland and Bangor are pretty much uh, the two biggest cities, and you know, like culturally, and uh, Portland, Portland's diverse. Maine's not a, like a, a, a very diverse state. Um, and you know, when you're looking at athletics, there's a couple of schools that stand out in Maine as far as diversity goes, and just being talented schools. Like I love Rhode Island football. It's like it's so exciting because there's just so much talent. Like there's the Maine doesn't have Marquise Buchanan. Maine doesn't Maine Maine doesn't typically get like a Sam Badu. Uh, some of these other kids like a Prince Kui. You know, there's there's some kids out there that are just stud athletes. Truly stud athletes. Tegan Jeremy. Like Maine doesn't typically have these stud athletes, but they usually just get big dudes. Like there'll be there'll be some big fellas like like six foot six, three hundred fifty pounds, like all over the place, but. The, the just the, the football here, the the speed, the athleticism, it, it's kind of a beautiful thing, really. When when you get to watch kids that just are just above and beyond the talent on the field, you know, it's just it's so much fun. And you know, if you if you have the opportunity to coach those kids, it must be amazing because you you can kind of have a human cheat code. Like if I you, you get a Mark East Buchanan out there, there's no real wrong play to call unless it's to somebody else. No, right. And now, you you know, in Rhode Island, like the, the class of players we see coming up in some of these travel leagues, 
the behind the pads, they have and a 14 year old crew that is like, I can't wait to see these kids in high school. And speaking of travel league, Stanley Dunbar, he's taking off going to Vegas tomorrow with 19 of the state's best football players to compete in a pylon seven on seven. The Mecca Tournament, they also have an unofficial visit to Dixie State University, which is a D1 FCS school for those that don't know. Um, the Breakthrough Boys will meet their coaching staff and tour their football facilities. I think it's Coach Tyneal Cooper, alma mater up there. Shout out to him for setting it up, and he'll be joining them on the trip, coaching their defense as well. Um, they had a great practice today at Moses Brown, uh, Coach Dunbar said. So shout out the Breakthrough Way and Coach Dunbar. I want my hoodie. Um, <laughs> so they're going to Vegas behind the pads. Just got back from Vegas. Coach Nadim, uh, he was in the NFL Flag League Championship game. So we have some travel leagues that are uh, putting it on. Well, good. Uh, shout out to Coach Dunbar. Good luck and uh, good luck to the Breakthrough Kids. Hope they, hope they go and get that championship. Oh yeah, shout out. You know, shout out to Stanley and all them Breakthrough. You know, and from, from what I seen that Stanley sent me, that you know, one of the college coaches that they're gonna get along the way up at Dixie State is gonna be coaching the defense. So, um, big big shout out to that. Um. You know, uh, not to mention that, let me tell you, Coach Dunbar has been getting a lot of love. We're doing the top 11, Gary. It's going to be next Thursday, the top 11 high school coaches in Rhode Island. Um, and what I've been doing, I got 50 people so far corresponded with me. They broke down their top 10. So it's kind of got so I said, you know what, I'm going to do a top 11, and there's going to be four honorable mentions. That's going to be next Thursday. And, uh, I think few people might be surprised with a few of the people on that list, Coach. You know, I there's a lot of good coaches in the state. You know, there's 43 to choose from. So, you know, especially just with football, you know, there's there's good coaches. You know, so one, of them, one of them just unfortunately lost his job. And so I, I think, you know, you, you know, you're asking me, I think Cliff is in that top 10. Oh, he's still in the run. I mean, you still got to put him in the running because if we're going back the last, I think the last two, three seasons, uh, Mike Washington getting a lot of support. TJ Del Santos. And, you know, I asked um, the person that, that voted for him, and I said, that's the first vote that I got for TJ Del Santos. And I asked him why. You know, what makes him a top 10, a top 11 coach? That's saying a lot. And he said, you know, I got to have respect for these small schools, you know, that in Division Two, that at least they try to be competitive. They're competitive year in and year out. They might not be up at the top of the echelon, but they're competitive. You know, uh, Coach Ferraro, another one up in Butterville, Coach George at East Greenwich, you know, getting a lot of love. But I'm not saying they're in the top ten. Um, but it's going to be – I think Coach, Co Coach Ferraro, he's got to be top five. Like, you got to think what he's done with, with Burrowville over the last – Heck, I, I don't know how long he's been in Thoroughville, but I know when I started coaching here in Rhode Island in 2018, pretty sure they were on like a run, you know, maybe Division Three. I think maybe they were. They went in championships. They go up to Division Two in 18. I think they they lost maybe one game. Maybe they went undefeated. 2019, they they went maybe one loss, you know, those, and then they get bumped up, you know, in the spring season and even still managing to make it to – they lost to East Greenwich, I think, to not make it to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, with 30 kids, <laughs> it's still a 500 team in Division One. You know, that's that's good coaching. Like, you know, two years. Yeah. You know, you that's you know, I don't care what kind of talent you have. That's, that's good coaching right there. And when you only got 30 kids playing against these schools with, you know, 60, 70, 80, 100 kids, that's yeah. damn good coaching. You know, you got to give respect to that. You know, I, I think he's he's one of the better coaches. Plus, you know unfortunately you know we lost to them pretty brutally you know but they were also you know they're super talented and they had a running back robert thatcher i think his name was that kid was you know he's yeah he just he's just all there. muscle yes kid is yes. literally all muscle you know and then you know 18 i think they had like two or three guys that were like six foot three six foot four six foot five 
at wide receiver and then these six foot six, 300 pound linemen. The linemen, you know, Don, the Charo that's playing up at UMass Dotman right now. They got Kobe Stockwell. They they have some players, and you're right. They are well, well coached. Um, Coach Ferraro, Coach Jolinas, you know, and they have a great feeder program, which ties into their program. So, yes, Coach Ferraro should definitely be up there because, you know, what he has done with these small programs, you know, 30 kids max. You've seen him had a – you know, kind of eight minutes to go against LaSalle. He had to kind of pull back and, and call it a game, you know. Uh, it becomes a safety issue at certain points in these divisions. Putting North Smithfield in Division Three could become that, that situation. Yeah, you know, as, as a coach, you know, the, the number one priority is the health and safety of the kids. So, you know, you can't, can't shame anybody for, you know, trying to protect their kids, regardless of what the situation is. If it's about the kids, then it shouldn't matter. If it's about ego, then yes, let's talk about that. But, you know, when it's, when they're defending the kids or protecting the kids, that's our job. It's not about, you know, worrying about, oh, man, we're, we really got to win this one or, you know, how bad are we going to lose this one? It's about protecting the kids. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think anything bad about that. No, yeah, definitely. It's about the safety of the kids always. I seen this little video. I wanted to play it real quick. It's actually kind of kind of funny. All right, so Connor, I need you to explain to me why you think it's all right to sit and watch the halftime show right while we're in the locker room making adjustments. Sorry, Coach. Eminem's my favorite rapper. All right, good. We'll trade your ass to Detroit then. All right, you can walk your white ass right back across 8 Mile. Right? Then look at this clown Peters. Right? I I'm so glad that he... Yeah, that's my bad. I was tripping. Why are you here, son? You a free agent. I'm saying, but y'all not gonna make an offer? No, get out! All right, the quarterback rolls out, right? We got Davis at corner. All right, all my keys tell me it's a pass play. I play cornerback, right? But I'm my mama's son. I can't resist the urge to go for the sack, right? And throw it over my head. Touchdown. Right, and once again, here's Davis, right? The moment's way too big, and you piss down your leg, give up the game-winning score, right? Damn, son, when's it gonna click for you? It's your fourth team. You get beat everywhere you go like a bad child. We can't count on you, son. That's why your teammates leaving you hanging on the field like 50 Cent. So next time you need help getting up, do what all the other guys do. Call your mama. That woman can get a rise out of anyone. Uh, all right, so Connor. Man, uh, comical, he said. <laughs> he said, we want to get a rise. Do what everyone else does. Call your mama. Uh, oh, man. Shout that out to much. him over there. He's on Instagram. He's got a lot of funny videos, but I I just thought that was uh that was hilarious. <laughs> Eli Apple has been taken so much. Yeah. So it's, it's just been Eli Apple season. Let's see, uh Vomel, okay, I don't know what that really said, but uh couldn't really Vun today, Vam today, okay. But I was looking over some of the top quarterbacks of last season. Uh, you know, Jalen Dennis, who was a senior, you know, ranking up 2,600 yards. Hunter Remington, um, I believe another senior, you know, which had over 2,000 yards. You know, Phillip on throw from Narragansett, another senior. Deuce Addison, who was another senior. Like, well, a lot of good seniors were in that class last season on uh, for quarterbacks, what do you think? Uh, that I think what is the stats? Is like twenty nine and two for touchdown to interceptions. That the Philip Trudeau is that is how you say his name? Yes, yes, that, I believe right? it's he had like a, he had ridiculous stats. Yeah, twenty nine touchdowns, two interceptions. He had a, a rate of one forty five, um, yeah, hundred and twenty two completions, um, hundred and seventy five attempts for six ninety seven. That that's like uh, that's pretty outrageous. Deuce it's Addison, like video as, game numbers as well. You know, I wouldn't put Deuce Addison at like an all state quarterback position. I would think he he was definitely being all state um defensive D back, back for sure. Yeah, no, he's a stud defensive back. You know, Deuce's athleticism is 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 ridiculous. The kid, I think he runs a legit four five forty, and he's got to be like teetering at six feet tall. So he's really long. He's he's fast. He's got that quick burst, and you know he's not. He's not necessarily a, a, I don't think, an all-state quarterback. If there was a third team, you know, maybe you could put him in that. That, but they, they, there was really good quarterback play this year. There was, you know, like you, you got to look at Hunter Hunter Remington. He had great numbers. Not to mention, he rushed for like five or six hundred yards, maybe more. You know, so he had a lot of touchdowns, uh, passing and rushing. So you also you like the Moses Brown kid this year, right? 
that kid's arm, I think I would love to see the top 10 quarterbacks in the state. And I'd like to see everybody's arm because I'm willing to bet that kid could, he, he's probably going to be the, at the top. He's got to be because that kid's arm is unbelievable. He's not like the greatest with accuracy, but pure arm strength, unreal. Like I, I, he was, he, uh, we played them and I, it was the second quarter, I think it was. And he, he threw a pass on the run. It went well over 50 yards. Like it was the most ridiculous pass across his body. I told the coaches, I still stand by it's the, it's the, it's the best throw I've ever seen. Like it was, if you would have saw in person, it was unreal. Like it was like right on the line. It wasn't like he lofted it. It was like a 50 yard on the line pass. And it, like the kid didn't, it didn't get completed, but it was still just the throw was ridiculous. It was like, it was a true, like I could see him, he has like a division one arm, but I don't think he's got the size or a few of the other attributes, but his arm is ridiculous. I, I give that Zednik kid all kinds catch. of credit. You remember the Zednik catch like that one, didn't he make like a one-handed catch during your Super Bowl? Uh, Johnson didn't make that many catches, so I'm sure you he, remember. He mossed my entire team for the, the only <laughs> touchdown they scored. He literally like out jumped everybody. We purposely like we we knew that they're gonna run a corner, and we had three guys sitting back on him, and he just out jumped every single person on the field. And it was like, well, all right, we probably. I, I honestly thought they're gonna do that like 30 times. That would have been my game plan: is like stop this guy, and then you know, but they, you know didn't really matter a little in the past, but he, he got us for a few, a few of those catches, but against uh classical in the playoffs, that game, I think Eric Rube, he talked about it, how it was like the, the greatest high school football game he's ever seen in person or whatever. But I have the film and the game was crazy. It was so back and forth. Johnson's up like 22 to seven, I think it was. And they got the ball back and then somehow classical can storm and back. And then it was tied up and then, classical went up and then Johnson got the ball back. And then it was just one of those crazy games, but Zednik had this ridiculous one handed catch in the back of the end zone. And oddly enough, Marquise Buchanan was the one covering him. And he, he still made the catch over a freak athlete like Marquise. How many times have I heard Eric Rube say that's the best football game I've ever seen? <laughs> it gotta be once a week. It depends who he's standing next to and what they're serving at the snack bar. But um, I was looking at the amount of seniors that we lose this year as just throwing the ball with Jalen Dennis, Hunter Remington, um, Philip Throat, and Narragansett, um, quarterback, Addison, Peter Hadaski, um, did I say his name? Hadaski, yeah. yeah um, he, he's a good quarterback, too. That kid's a, he's a really – he's got a great arm. Yeah, 1,300 yards this season. You know, I think he had like uh, 15 for seven. I mean, yeah, quite a few interceptions, though. But yeah, um, great on. I mean, good, good yards. He's got to play a tough talent too. Not saying nobody else does, but you know that. Hey, I think they they're kind of had like a down year, but you know, still, you know, they they fight. East Greenwich, they fight. Someone else that's going to lose another big loss. Connor Windmere, a senior, he made Rhode Island ranked top three a couple times. He was um, player of the game. A couple times, you know, down there in Pilgrim. Pilgrim, big, super big talented loss. kid, yeah. Super talented kid right there. I think he got a, a Division two scholarship for lacrosse. Like, that just goes to show you what kind of athlete he is. I mean, he's coached by one of them guys that are just, you know, them special coaches that we have, you know, that really care about the game, care about the kids, and just work nonstop all season. Salute to Blake Simpson, you know, another friend of the – podcast you know um yeah, yeah coach simpson you know he's one of those guys he's another one of those guys he's like cliff you know he just he cares about the kids and he's just he a really good coach you know he's just he's a good guy too he really is just a really all-around good guy like super he'll nice go out guy there and get the money he'll go out there and do his own fundraising he's not gonna wait he's gonna like new uniforms this season you know had bowling tournaments i supported him when i could shout out to blake simpson and and pilgrim and and they went through so much heartache this last with the bleaches, with the, you know, not being in that Super Bowl with, you know, Mr. Havishaw, you know, rest in peace to Mr. Havishaw, God bless. Um, you know, and, and then you also have Mount Hope, you know, their, their quarterback graduates, another senior, Charaho. I bet a lot of people are happy to see Zoot the Boot. That kid is a really good athlete, too. That's crazy. There's just so many. There's a lot of good athletes in this thing, especially a quarterback everywhere, you know. Zoot, 
Boschkowitz, is that how you say his name? Uh, yeah, I, I know they say Zoot the Boot, so that sounds good. Yeah, 13 touchdowns, uh, six interceptions. He's he's so elusive. He's he's deceptively fast. Like you you wouldn't think so until he's running past everybody. You're like, geez, um, that kid is he he's a, he's one hell of an athlete, that kid. And um, someone that we don't really look at in Rhode Island because St. George is not in the RAIL. You go, Lewis David um, Palut, uh, he's still a junior this year, but I just he's got a good highlight video on Huddle. Yeah, yeah, he actually had one of the he was up there with Dean uh, for their almost a hundred yard game a couple times. You know, um, another senior we leave at quarterback, David Lynch. Um, you know, uh, his yards are a little. Lower, you know, 900 yards, but still a senior. Benny Hurd, which I would say he's more, you know, um, a full safety assigned than really. Yeah, he's, he's, I, I think he's got to be one of the top three defensive backs in the state. I now, mean, this next for a thousand, one, rush for a thousand, too. So, Brady, um, Malay, um, up there at West Warwick High School. Yep. That kid is a good athlete, you know. Yeah, um, no, he's a really good athlete. He's tough. He's, he's yeah, tough, tough, as nails tough too. kid. You know, and he's inside the top fourteen. Um, and even if we go back to EWG, a lot of Coach Fallon's players, you know, was pretty much at the top of the stats, you know, for the last couple of seasons. Sacks, defense, you know, different things. Chris Cardino, his quarterback, you know, was still in the top fifteen. For quarterbacks, were you Hunter Mumford? I think his running back. He was in the top five, top seven. I think I'm not looking at it now, but I like just I try to go through and I'll watch the highlight videos. I go and huddle and try to watch kids. I look at everybody usually in like the top twenty-five and try to see if they got a highlight video and try to remember names and stats and stuff like that. So you know, because I appreciate football. You know, much like you. You know, you just like really a lot of respect to the kids especially like the, the ones that are taking the time to make a highlight video because there's a lot of a lot of people like that's what they're going to look at you guys want to go on high school kids want to go into college like you need you need video and people want to see these stats you know unfortunately like i think it's only like 22 or 23 teams of 43 posted stats on max preps which you know, it's, it's everybody's got a choice, but it's not helping these kids out at all. Yeah, it was 17 up until the end of the season. Then, then a few stragglers kind of caught up, you know, and and that's the problem. You know, you have a team like Situate that says they had a, a 1,300-yard freshman running back. And got, but if we don't see it on max preps, how can anybody even say, all right, that is true? You know, or how about a huddle highlight? Make a huddle highlight so everybody can see for themselves. Make show show everybody how good the kid was. Show everybody the stats. If he's a freshman. He rushed for thirteen hundred. By the time he's a senior, he should be hitting two thousand easy. And you know what's that? If you don't if you don't have the stats up, you don't have a huddle highlight where coaches get to look at it. How the heck is he going to get recruited? You can't just yeah. go by somebody's somebody's word. And I tell a lot of these kids, uh, if the number one tool recruiter said, get a Twitter account, put your huddle link up there um definitely forgetting recruiting and since you mentioned the running backs and stuff you know zach tuck and that's a, that's another benefit that coach dunha has you know he has a good quarterback that's coming up into a senior, good running back you know he's got lance williams um which he's is a like great two or three linemen player. coming back two real good ones zach too, tuck yeah oh yeah at Matty least Garrett one lineman yeah he, he's uh he's was he all state one of them was all state i can't remember which one to be honest yeah yeah i don't have the list in in front of me but um yeah, Zach Tuck with 1,543 yards, 19 touchdowns. Yeah, I know he's, uh, he's a special kid right there. Yeah, I got to go to the, uh, the Gridiron MVP uh, banquet they had, and, you know, he's thick. You know, he's, he's like he's, – he's, I'm, I'm only like 5'7". You know, he's like my height, but he's like 190 pounds. I was like, geez, that's a big boy. Well, I remember him in Pee Wee um, – my son's a couple of grades older than him, and he came over to the house one day. And uh, it was summertime, you know, so either he had a muscle shirt on or, you know. Um, and I was like, look at this kid. He was ripped. He was cut. But, like, had he had traps. Like, who has traps? You know what I mean? Back arms. Who does back arms? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, he's, he's he, a he big kid. He was a like, at the time. Not to mention, like, you watch – I mean – who they play? They played uh, Mount Mount uh, St. Ray's in the in that playoff game. He had the he had a seventy yard uh, touchdown run that got called back, but 
I mean, he was he torched St. Ray's down the sideline in the end zone for 70 yards. Like if if he can if he can beat St. Ray's kids, you know, down the sideline for 70 yards, like you got true speed. Well, you look who Westerly lost to. Like they lost to the two teams that were in the championship the Super Bowl, game. Yeah. St. Ray's and Classical. You know, the first St. Ray's game, of course, everybody, Saint, they was running through everybody early on. Where you got to catch St. Ray's is towards the end of the season when they start running out of gas. You know what I mean? When they start dropping off because you've seen it in consecutive seasons now as they go down the stretch. They might have beat West Warwick 55 to nothing, but West Warwick made them earn every 55 points. And if yeah. you look at them after that West Warwick game, they play Tolman, right? Tolman holds them to 21, which I, you know, for what St. Ray's was doing, you know. Um, and then they got to come. Um, I think you ended up, but they started losing a guy each game after that, going all the way up to the Super Bowl. Moses Muse, the the Westerly playoff game, they lost him. They uh, lost Napoleon. Uh, they lost Napoleon, him. Sure. A, a game yeah. after that. And then they in the Super Bowl, they lose uh, their quarterback. Lose quarterback, yeah. And that was a whole change of the game. And I say, like the classical game, when Westerly loses their quarterback, Westerly beats classical that game. Then they're playing you guys. Yeah. Westerly's playing Coventry. You know what yeah, I mean? if Lance um, doesn't get hurt, I think I think Wesley wins that game. Because oh, then they yeah, had to put in Drew Mason, and then I'm not saying Drew's not capable, but he's he's not Lance Williams. He's not their quarterback. He's he's not a you know respect to Drew. He, he got an arm. He got a bullet. You know, but he yeah, he's was, just a, he's a great athlete. He really yes. is. He's, he, but he's just he's not he's not Lance. Lance no. Lance can run it. Lance can throw. He makes good decisions. He's been bred to be a quarterback and be quarterback. So he's a football player. He's right. what they call a football player. You have football players. You have kids that want to play football. Right. And you know, and um, they you can't mix them up. They're two different kids. You know, like Ben Gorman, another another good football player. You you know, you had a few football players. Nick, a true football player. Yeah, he's the video a, I, mean, I sent you today. Did you see it? A Will Will Turner. Down yeah. at Rocky Point, Spiral, another football player. Yeah, we'll throw a good ball. Oh yeah, no, we'll definitely throw. It's funny because I got I got kids now. You know they they're asking like why why was Nick so aggressive? I'm like, well, Nick's been playing football since he was six, so like he's he's truly a, a football player. He's been playing mm -hmm. since he was six years old. He played he played some football, you know, for a part of his life in in New Jersey. He played football for the other part of his life in Rhode Island. You know, now he's going on to New Haven, gonna play another part of his, his football in what's that, Connecticut? So, you know, he's Yeah, he's New just, Haven. Congratulations. He's just truly a, yeah, congrats to Nick. You know, he deserves it. He's he's a special kid. You know, I you know, I, I think I came on here multiple times and talked about, you know, our kids, you know, it's like Coventry's being any Coventry coach, I don't care what sport it is. Heck, you can be the coach of the chess team. You got to be proud for the fact that these kids are so competitive in the classroom. Kid like Nick with a four point five three GPA. Heck, Jaden Carnival four point seven five GPA. Joey Smith four point nine one GPA. I mean, Will Turner had a four point nine something GPA. It's one of those things. They're just so competitive in the classroom. You know, it's just yeah. got to appreciate it. You know, it's definitely very very impressive things that they were doing on. Uh, I want to mention this too. Saturday, February 19th, 9 a.m. You get the Division 2 and 3 Wrestling Sectional Tournament at Coventry High School. Big, big football town up there in Coventry. I mean, um, wrestling, wrestling town up there in Coventry. Has always We're been. trying to make it a football for sure. You're We're trying. trying. It's, it's going to be a it's gonna be a tough go. We're still working on that. Speak on that. Coventry football, man. You, you know, you're two years out of a Super Bowl. You know, what are you plans this year? You lose Nick Cop. You, you lose a couple good players. We don't know right now if Coventry is going to land in two, in three. In, and I know either way, you're like, bring it on. Um, but what are you guys in the gym right now? What, what's going on? Yeah, we've, we, we've been in the gym. We've been working out. You know, uh, we finished the season with 43 kids. We graduate 12. We lost a couple. Uh, a couple had some injuries, and I don't think they're going to come back. Uh, honestly, I don't think their parents will let them come back. So right now we got like 26 kids. Um, 
some are wrestling right now, some are playing basketball. So, you know, it, we don't have a feeder program because it folded. So hopefully, uh, you know, we got a, we got a, a guy, I'm going to give a shout out to Joe Gollin for everything he's trying to do. You know, this guy, Joe Gollin, he's in Coventry. He's got, he's got kids in Coventry and, you know, he, he runs the youth lacrosse program and he's, he's trying to, you know, get the, the Coventry youth football program up and running, you know, uh, he's doing a great job and he's trying, he's trying his butt off, you know, he's just trying to make the right strides and get everything rolling for this town. And if you don't have a feeder program, we kind of said it earlier, you know, talking about these, these towns with great feeder programs, you know, Burlville, they got a great feeder program. Westerly, I think I've talked to people that, you know, I don't really know, but when you talk about Westerly football, they talk about Westerly's feeder program and how for so long it's been so good. And it's just one of those things. It's tradition, you know, because Westerly is a true football community. And, you know, it, it takes guys like Joe Gollin to step up and be willing to take the time to, you know, help try to bring the community spirit back in because I don't, I don't think Coventry loves football. And I don't say that like, in a bad way. I just, I don't think the town appreciates football. It was so down for so long that, you know, trying to rebound from it, but we have, we have, you know, 26 kids right now that, you know, they're, they're trying, they're dedicated, you know, they, they do love football. And, you know, when you graduate a senior class, like we just had with, you know, Nick Carpinello, who's a four-year starter. Uh, you got Jaden Carnival, who was a three-year, three-year starter, two-year he only played running back for two years. So a kid, kid who plays running back and can play like that and play linebacker the way he did, you know, just goes to show what, what he's capable of, what kind of intelligence he has, just what kind of athlete he is. Uh, you got kids like Logan Zelenak, you know, he graduates this year and, you know, he was a really good defensive back. He was probably, I think he's probably super underrated because there's a lot of other guys that are much bigger than him, but, you know, Logan Zelenak was a great, great defensive back, good receiver. Alex Santilli, he got hurt early in the year. So we didn't have him for three, three or four weeks. So, you know, poor Alex, you know, I, I think starting the season talking to coaches, Alex was ranked in the top 10 wide receivers in the state, maybe even higher than that. And, you know, he gets hurt and, you know, he, he didn't get to have the season he wanted. I know he wanted, you know, to have, you know, statistically a lot better season, but, you know, just wasn't in the cards. He got injured and, you know, have to have to milk that and rest those, rest those things up. And a kid like Christian Lasan, you know, he probably, uh, a lot of people probably don't realize that Christian, he was also one of those four-year guys that got to play football for, for the varsity for pretty much four years. And he didn't really get, get looked at too much for all state. But if you look at his numbers, he's got all state numbers. Uh, he doesn't, he's not the biggest kid on the field and he was only six two, two hundred and twenty 220 pounds, but uh, he's got to be one of the technically sound kids that, you know, just didn't get looked at. And, you know, got other guys that popped in too, that just played for a couple of years or one year, talked about Joey Smith and his GPA, but, you know, Joey Smith, he, he stopped playing soccer to play football. And, uh, you know, he ended up being a starter for us. And, you know, a kid with a high GPA like that and just super smart, teach him one thing, tell him something, he just does it and he remembers. And then uh, the fastest kid I've ever coached in Cam Beasy. This kid, kid, no joke, runs like a low four five forty. You know, he's just getting off the bus, doesn't have to warm up. The kid's just fast. He's like a little little jackrabbit all over there. Just give him the ball and hope, hope for the, the best. First time he touched the ball against Barrington, he rushed it back, he ran it back for a 90-yard touchdown. So, you know, it's tough losing losing uh, seniors like that. But, you know, you got these guys, these younger guys that got to step up. And, you know, hopefully, you know, even though we got a little bit light in the numbers, you know, the kids we have, you know, sometimes it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. And we got quality kids. Nice. You know, um, you definitely had a lot of good kids the last couple of seasons. I mean, I just want to give this message on uh, – Rally Point, the only way to stand is together. They actually have a sermon coming up. Actually, you know what? I think it's tomorrow. I hope it ain't today because if so, I'm a little late on this. But it's a 75 division road <laughs> in, in Warwick. But um, definitely salute to what Rally Point is doing on rallypointministries.org. It's a good program for a lot of these young kids that really um, come from fatherless homes. And they need mentors and uh, pastor. West Pennington, West Warwick uh, Wizards football coach is actually the pastor there. So, um, and he, and he's right. You you know, Gary, like we have the highest number of fatherless homes. You know, so uh, we need to do more for these kids because you see what's going on on the news. You know, where you got demons out there, basically. You know, running around Providence or everything yeah. you hear. You know, got, so, you know, I I think it's something like seventy percent of households in America are single family and. Then it's like ninety percent of the single yeah, family like- are, are females, and the mother in the home. So you know, it, it, us coaches, 
you know, even if we don't like think about it, you know, we're the male figure in these, a lot of these kids lives. So mm-hmm. however we're acting, you know, whatever type of mentality we show up with, we're, we're going there. And these kids are, you know, a lot of kids are just like, they went to school that day to see us, you know, at practice, you know, and that's, that's something you don't really think about too much is, you know, a kid maybe is having a bad day at home or a bad night. And the only thing they're looking forward to is that time they're at school and the time at practice before they got to go home and deal with reality again. So, you know, for us, you know, we got to make sure we're doing the best we can for these kids and make sure we're teaching the right ways because, you know, in 10, 20 years, we want those kids to look, we want to look, have those kids look back and, you know, be good fathers, be good husbands, be good parents, whatever the heck, you know, be good uh, children to their families too. You know, we, you know, we got to always do the right thing and think about that. No, you're right. Cause I had a conversation with coach Washington on uh, shout out what he's doing down in central. And we had the conversation, you know, I said, I noticed you at central a lot this summer. And he, and he said, Mikey, man, the kids wanted to be there, you know? And I said, you know, it's a shame because I grew up in the inner city. A lot of people might stereotype me, but Sometimes going home is the worst place you, you can be. You're safer on the street. You know, um, there was times when I remember friends of mine, they go home next minute, they're coming running, and I end up staying out all night with them. We would break night up at Mount Pleasant High School, or we would just walk the city all night, you know. And um, and I had a few, a lot of friends like that. I mean, you know. Thank God I had a home to go to, but sometimes we would just hang out all night. And sometimes the safest place is on them football fields with these you coaches know, get, and with mentors like yourself. You know, you got to give a shout out to Coach Jay Addison too. You know, coaching mm-hmm. coaching these teams. You know, Coach Jay Addison had a great great season this year, and you know, I I was fortunate enough to talk with him, and I I got to ask him some questions, and you know, I what he does at Mount Pleasant. I, I don't know. I don't really want to like tell too much. I don't want to like say too much, but. I don't think I don't think guys like him or coach Coach Washington get enough credit because it's no facts facts. It's, it's Mike not Murray easy, up you know. in Pawtucket, Coach DeLawrence, yeah. you, you know, know I, a lot of these schools, Hope High School, struggles struggles to keep to keep people on the field. If you look at Mount Pleasant a couple of years ago, let's say Deuce's freshman year, I want to say there was one senior on the field. They had one senior on the team. Yeah, because the, the when, nineteen year they were, geez, they were good. It's tough to keep seniors in these inner city schools because the streets get to them first. And when you're not getting a lot of love at home, the streets already know, let me put an arm around this young boy. Let me tell him I'm his friend. Let me give him a few dollars and that way he'll do what I need. And then these kids quit school and they end up, you know, selling drugs. And I never met a rich drug dealer. I knew a few drug dealers my way. I met a few wealthy ones. But you know what? They would all tell the story that it's all good in the beginning, but you land in jail or dead, you know? Um, yeah. So that's the only place that's going. Um, and sometimes when I used to do, um, I used to work at a star, which was a, a recovery place. And some of these guys come in here and tell me that they're out there working nine, 10 hours and they're making less than minimum wage. So get a job. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stay in school. Yeah. Seems like an easier, uh, easier route. You know, you get one of those jobs too. You might get some benefits too. So it seems like a, a better route. Now, coach, my last question, usually the toughest one, man, you know, somebody I know, I, I knew someone I was going to Coventry high school and I said, do me a favor, take a picture of the Super Bowl trophy, right? In the showcase. And guess what? Can't find it. They didn't see no banner hanging up. Like I was like, you're lying to me. And then I reached out to someone else and they said, no, the Super Bowl trophies not in it. Is there a, a reason that that is not in it? Do you not know? Is it a mystery? Um, I think I'm uh, gonna have to reach out to the athletic administration on that one. Um, I, I I'll say this uh, for for those for those boys that graduated, you know, that played in that Super Bowl game. I think it would have been it would have been nice for them to see it, see the banner hanging, and see that that plaque in the case. But you know, the, I think the athletic administration you. We'll got to reach out to them to find out uh, what's going on with that. That's fair, Coach Goodhart. Thank you. I didn't want to have to, you know, like, but I really wanted to know. And, like, who knows, like you, but, you know, them kids deserve that Super Bowl trophy to be in that showcase. Um, So hopefully the athletic director can do what he has to do to get it in there. Maybe he just forgot. Maybe he said, ah, I didn't even realize it's not in there. So uh, 
Yeah, there, in there for them kids. There was a lot of things going on. I think a baseball or a softball won the championship, and the and the girls cheerleaders also won the championship. So, you know, and basketball got a got they they got their trophy in there, right? Uh, five hundred games in thirty five years. So I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, not picking on Coventry's history, but you know, Coventry for before uh, Stan Stan and and all of us came in with Stan. Coventry wasn't very good. I think for his like a, there's like a 20 year run where the the win loss ratio was just really really bad. And I think the 16 17 season Coventry didn't win a game either season. And then going back to 15, I think that was their losing streak started in 15. Um, so maybe because Coventry's tradition of winning, it was just like maybe they didn't want to believe that Coventry won the Super Bowl. And like I'm not not taking away from it, but you know because we've talked about it before, but. I've talked to coaches in the past. I've, I've received messages and a lot of people, they kind of like take away from Coventry winning that championship. And, you know, I don't take anything away from the kids. If we lose, I take all credit. If we win, it all goes to them and the coaching staff minus me. I don't want any credit. I want, I want, a, I want credit for the losses so we can find something to work on. But, you know, you, you can't take away that championship from the kids. Coventry didn't win a Super Bowl for 30 plus years. So, you know, it, it's and tough when, when coaches go out of their way to say that, you know, Coventry is kind of like a tainted, championship in a sense because Coventry shouldn't have been there but it is what it is and not even right because you know when I had conversations with coach Dunbar I think I told you like he he got thrown to the wolves that year 18 19 like when you know that was a tough division too man like yep Mm -hmm. you're you're in you're out there with grown like (laughs) with the echelon of coaching you know coach Ferraro you had coach Miranda you had a lot of good coaches. You had Coach Willie Edwards, uh, Moses Brown, Michael Walsh was tearing it up, man. Uh, First game so, of the year, we played Westerly, and uh, Tristan Toronto had one hell of a game against us. Hey, <laughs> they yeah, had Jalen Valentine, was that his name? Jay, was it Valentine? Yeah, Valentine? yeah, Jalen, yeah, yeah. That Jaylen kid, he, they ran yeah. counter on us a few times, and nobody touched Valentine like two or three times, and it was just, He's I mean, there's talent. Toronto's a bull. You know, shout yeah. out to Tristan. Uh, yeah, real strong kid. Uh, Burlville was just massive. They were, just, it was like EW, X, uh, East Greenwich. They were, they were unreal. They were like, good. They, they're so talented. Like Lachardier, was that the kid? Lachardier. Yes, Lachardier. Yeah. Yes, the quarterback. I'm just, right. I'm, I'm trying to go uh, running back. I'm trying to go off memory here. Uh, the yeah. running back. Yeah, his brother was the fullback too, but the older brother was just he was, he was so shifty in the backfield. It was unreal. They had some really good receivers. Uh, was it Connor Swanson? Swanson, yes. Conrad Swanson, whatever the, the quarterback. Yes, Swanson. Uh, there was just there was a lot of talent. You know, we we played a couple of close games that year. You know, the first that year. That division we, too was good. Yeah, there Orville was just there was so much talent against Westerly, which I can't. I like you play that single wing, and it seems like if you go back and watch the Westerly Barville game, and then one socket after that, it's like mirror images of what happened the year before. Barville comes in, figures it out, loads the box. Coach Bebo says, I'm doing what they did. You know what I mean? Follows Barville's pretty much, you know, idea. Uh, shout out to Coach Bebo because I ain't saying that he was given that. He earned that game, you know. Uh, he earned both them games, um, back-to-back championships before he's, what, 30 years old. Hey, sometimes if it isn't broke, you don't need to fix it. You don't need to recreate the wheel. You know? They so, stacked that box. They said Westerly's not going to throw, and if they throw, we'll give it to them because we know they can't throw. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was one of those things. You know, it's like I, I talked to a kid not long ago. We were talking about uh, he, he played for those teams and for that, those Westerly teams, and I was talking to him. He's like, you know, I, I always – like I got, I got Coach Andrew Gervasini as a defensive coordinator and offensive defensive line coach, so he was there. Mm-hmm. And we talk about we talk about those years because I I just love football and I like I love watching film like uh, I think I'm at six and a half hours just this week alone just it's not even football season just watching film and uh, you know when you go back and you you watch those games and you see how talented those teams are you have to ask like how didn't you guys pull that one out and then you you realize sometimes you you get a little little stuck in your ways and you just don't want to make a couple yes. little tweaks or maybe change the formation just championship game throw throw everything, you know, out there. And maybe instead of going, you know, doing single wing, maybe go pro eye or power eye or something. Throw a screen. Throw yeah, like any- a, a trick play pass, couple yard dig, like, you know, three, four yard bang. But 
You want to stick to your, it's like, you know, kind of like a Belichick way, I think, in the Philadelphia Super Bowl. No, I'm going to get it done this way. And we always figured it out in the past and you get stuck on your ego. And, you know, I'm sure Jervisini told you all about it. But Jervisini, great, great line coach. Um, He did a hell of a job coaching our defense this year, too. You know, it was like he just, you know, we talked about it early in the year and, you know, put him in there. And he just, the guy, he's he's so dedicated. He's he's highly intelligent, like. Andrew Gervasini is really, really just, he's a really smart man. And uh, just everything, technically everything. He's just, he's just so, he's so intelligent, especially when it comes to the game of football, defensively, offensively, it doesn't really much matter. He just, he knows the game. He's just super smart. And coming from, coming from Dwayne's uh, staff. And, you know, I tell, say all the time, I think Westerly from 18 and 19, I think they were fundamentally, and technically the best defense in the state. Like just yeah, the no, they plan, should have won a championship. Dwayne Miranda had the best defense in the state. I don't care what anybody says. I think they could have played with anybody. They they did play with everybody that you know in division two at least, but it was just Very the, disciplined the, team. Their defense was just so it was fun to watch, even though you know you're on the losing end. It's just incredible mm-hmm. seeing the kids' movement. Like everybody's just like on a string attached, moving, moving properly, getting to the right spot. Everybody Dude, I just said that. I said it's it like a machine. Everything moving to the Finally beat of machine. one guess. Yeah, I said no, the same was. thing about some of about the line that season, and I was some. I was like, this line is like you know everything just working. Antonio Boy, so many great great plays. Max Davis, Joshua Sir, still balling out. UMass Dotman, like oh, Joshua Sir, one of the great defensive players. But I want to give a big shout out to. Breakthrough football again. They're going to Las Vegas tomorrow with 19 of the state's top football players to compete in a seven-on-seven Mecca tournament. They also have a visit over at Dixie State University, a D1 FCS program, and they're going to meet with the coaching staff and tour their football facility. As a bonus, the Breakthrough Way coach Tynell Cooper is also going to hook it up. They'll be joining Breakthrough on the trip, and he'll also be coaching the defense. So I guess they had a great, great practice at Moses Brown today. So good luck to these guys out in Vegas. Um, Safe trip, Stanley Dunbar, safe trip, Breakthrough Academy. Bring back that W. Oh, yeah, another shout-out to Coach Dunbar. Good luck to those boys. You know, hopefully they, uh, they make Rhode Island look real good. You know, that that's what it's about, you know, like Rhode Island, promoting Rhode Island football, picking it up, you know. Um, and salute, I think the girls' basketball teams, they figure out how the bracket's going to land tonight. So salute to all the winners that are going into the playoffs in the basketball, the, the wrestling tournaments coming up. But I'm just happy we're talking about football in February. Like, it's been I know, right? Week. Mike Murray comes something. on. It's like 200 or 199 days till until football starts again, so. And it goes fast. Like, we had Mike Murray on, you know, he stepped down, gave us a nice um, Shea High School history, pretty much broke down some history the last few years. Uh, it's nice when you see dedication like that, you know. Um, Emerson Kilgore was pretty much on tearing EWG a new freaking butt. Uh, <laughs> you know, and salute to Emerson, you know, one of the louder voices in Rhode Island football. And I think when... When Emerson or people like that are on your heels, it's an issue because they don't usually speak up unless it's uh, it's warranted. So salute to Emerson Kilgore, 401 Strength and Fitness, you know, doing uh, great, great things, you know. Um, but coach, always thank you. Thank you to Mark Wright, Cowell Banker, Coastal Homes, the Presidential Award winner. You're going to buy a house. Chop it up with Mock. And listen, next Thursday, Felix is going to be joining us because I can't take all the criticism for picking these coaches, right? But so I said, Felix, I need you to come in with me and uh, get my back because there's going to be a few coaches that are going to be in their feelings because we all know every coach, you know, uh, thinks they're the best. But uh, some coaches are going to be upset, especially ones that think they're better. Than others, but you know, um, I figured it's gonna be fun breaking down the coaches for a change. And big salute to Rally Point. The only way to stand is together. You know, Rally Point Ministries dot org. 
Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Coach Goodhart, you know, the Top Guns Rhode Island High School football. You know, we're in a new era, man. Let's I, go. You know, I, I think, you know, if, if people, if feelings get hurt, it just means you got to go out and you got to work harder. And, then, you know, <laughs> next season, you know, next February, whenever the heck you, you do another top 10, you know, if coaches, you know, they work hard, they, they train their players the way they should, and they have a, you know, they have good seasons, you know, maybe they'll squeak in that top 10, but you know, you shouldn't, don't take it personal. I mean, I don't think I'm not a top 10 coach. I think I'm, you know, I, I, th- I got, I got a few more seasons ahead of me till I can, you know, be categorized in, in that section. You know, we've, we've done some decent things so far, but you know, it's, it, I, th- I think you need a few more years than, you know, than two seasons and one was a, a, a COVID year, but you know, it is what it is. People right, people right. shouldn't shouldn't let their egos get in get in the way of of a ranking. It is what it is. That's tough, you know what I mean. But uh, but yeah, a lot of good coaches, and and I think a a good coach, a top coach, is not someone that has all the talent. Like respect, all the respect to to Keith Crawford. I'll use him as as an example, right? When you have all the talent, like you don't have to coach really anybody up. They are already decent. You just got to make a few adjustments, few few tweaks, right? Now, you look at a team, Coach Ferraro, low numbers, e.g., mm-hmm. we'll say what Coach Fortin did. You lose 12 starters, not 12 seasons, 12 starters. Like, and then you're coming into this season, and you're able to make a whole bunch of a lot out of nothing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I didn't know Mr. Green was was watching. You know, he says, oh, no, because, you know, we I kind of know where he's going with this. And I think that, uh, like, if you mention Keith Croft career-wise, you know, but he does have a lot of, of talent. So a lot of coaches kind of ranked him, you know, didn't really give him good rankings because they say he has an unfair advantage, but he still has to coach the team and, and put it all together. I, I don't know him personally, but, you know, when you, you look at what, Henrikens done. I think it's been 19 seasons since they've lost to a public school in Rhode Island. They're doing something right, regardless oh, no, of what, regardless of the dynamics of of Henriken and what they have access to and how they do what they do. I, I won't even go into some of the stuff, but you know, because I don't know. But I, at the end of the day, you know, he's he's legitimately like a Division three college coach. I mean, he's got talent. He's got. He's got offensive and defensive coordinators that do great. He's always puts great staff around him. And, you know, it, he's, he probably should be a, a, a college coach at, at, this, at this pace. Like, he, he's proved what, the type of talent he can handle and what he can do with that kind of talent. And, you know, I, up to me, I, I think he's, he's a legitimate college coach, like a head coach, not just like a, an assistant or a coordinator. He's, he manages a team properly, and he has some of the best – assistants in the state and he has the best kids in the state and you know to me he's a, he's a college coach i think he's college ready i don't i don't know if he's never had the opportunity or if he has done it before because yet again oh, i'm sure. still new but the guy to me is a is a is a college coach you know he handles that team if you're talking career wise i think you have to put coach croft as top dog you yeah know i mean no, um, i think the last 12 years 11 championships and say what you want like yeah right you have talent, you know what I mean? But you still got to put that all together. You st- And he lets his DCs coach, he lets his OCs coach, he lets them do what he has to, but you still have to put it all together. Right. But I think what I was saying about earlier is that, you know, when you have less and you finish successful, you know, it's kind of a little, I think you kind of get a, an extra stripe, you know, as far as coaching. Yeah, you Coach Ford, I mean, they were less. They, managed to make you know they were the sixth seed they managed to go through the playoffs and make to the super bowl granted the super bowl didn't turn out the way you know coach ford wanted it but still being that sixth seed which i was that a historical thing no six seeds ever the only six seed ever i think to make it to a a super bowl ever yeah so you know regardless you know historically that's you know that that's a win itself yeah you know winning the super bowl would be much sweeter but you know some of those other things are, are, are wins in themselves. And, you know, Coach Coach Fortin, you know, I hate to beat the dead horse, but, you know, he got hosed. Like, the, this whole – the whole situation was just 
it was wrong. Like you, no matter which way you look at it, all right, there's no RIIL rule that goes against what, what was going on. And to top it all off, you know, he's just, he's a, he's a good guy and he's a good coach and he's doing the right thing for those kids and for the community and, you know, whatever, whatever went down, you know, behind the scenes, you know, it's, it's a shame. Well, like I said, he will be on tomorrow. Set the record straight. The untold truth with Coach Fulton. Um, and he'll be putting it in his words, you know, pretty much what happened. And big shout out again to Coventry High School basketball and cheerleaders. Again, West Warwick tonight was given their door money to the boys that were injured in that car accident. And I challenge every high school in the state to do that as well. Uh, whatever you can give these families, I'm sure they can appreciate it. You know, uh, let's worry about getting these kids well. Everybody's stuck, like I said earlier, on justice. Uh, justice will come. You know, let's let's get these boys' families well, try to take care of their families, and just let them know that we stick together for Rhode Island sports. And listen, anyone that buys an Xavier Trust jersey, he gets a piece of the pie. So go out there and buy a Georgia Bulldog Xavier Trust jersey. Um, trust, you owe me one for that one. But uh, <laughs> no. Go, I think it's fanatics.com. I'm going to actually get all the links, but if you buy an Xavier Trust jersey from fanatics.com, he gets a piece of the pie. So help him out, which is pretty awesome. Um, I'm trying to get him to come on pretty soon. Uh, so that's about it for tonight, guys. Um, Coach Goodhart, any last words? Yeah, uh I want to say this one thing, you know, hate him or love him. You know, Mikey Rabello does a lot for the stake, especially for the coaches around here. Um, so regardless of personal feelings, regardless of what the heck's going on, you know, you got to give the man credit for going out of his way to always try to help anybody out. And, you know, I don't really care what anybody says because I'm not from here. I don't really have that many friends. But, you know, supporting Cliff Fortin, you know, and, and you know, sticking up for guys like me, just say this real quick. Mikey Rabello had no clue who I was. And, uh, you know, we won a Super Bowl for Coventry first time in, you know, 30 years or whatever. And he went out of his way to do a podcast, to try to, you know, put everything out there that was going on. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that for our coaching staff. And trust me, Mikey, our coaching staff and myself, we're all very grateful for, you know, doing what you did and, you know, doing the same thing for Cliff. You know, it, it, it's just those things. You know, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the coaches think or whatever you know if, if they don't appreciate you they're wrong because you do a lot a lot more than you know anybody else does and what what you do is you know it, it isn't given enough credit so thank you thank you thank you that really means a lot um i really appreciate it gary um and yeah you know gary he's right um i didn't even really know who gary goodhart was i just heard that you know members of his staff was being done wrong he was being done my opinion they were being done wrong um you know, and I did a podcast talking about it, and um, that podcast went all the way up the ladder, right? Yeah, it, 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 you could say that. It <laughs> sure did. <laughs> it went all the way up the ladder, and, and we kept a good coaching staff, you know? Like, we we have enough crappy coaches around the state in, in all sports, you know? Uh, we need to try to hold on to the right ones, and we need to bring integrity, loyalty back. And like, like I said, Coach Fulton is a member – of my community. He's on my platform. He supports me. You support me. Anybody that supports me, you know, I'll, I'll go into the volcano with you and back you up. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, I back up those who back me up. But thank you very much. That really meant a lot. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Thank you for having me, Mikey and everybody. Hope you guys have a, have a great night. Good luck, Coventry. We'll be looking to see where you end in three or two, but thank you, Coach. All right, that's Coach Goodhart, Coventry High School football head coach. Um, but next Thursday coming up, we're going to finally get down to it. <laughs> Top 11 with a couple honorable mention head coaches. Um, I think people are going to be surprised who's on this list. Is there any bias? Eh. You know, we're just going back to that. Just having fun with it. But all the coaches that you think are mentioned, and then prayers go out to the the teenagers from West Warwick. And um, if you have a chance to get down to the gym, oh, it's probably over now, but um, definitely support. Um, and I'll let you know if I hear of any other uh, gyms often, you know, 
donating the money to the to the West Warwick teenagers on that hockey team. I'll definitely let you know. Uh, let me see anything that I am forgetting. Oh, don't forget Division Two, Division Three wrestling sectional at Coventry High School Saturday, February nineteenth. Swim meet for Division Four boys and girls at Roger Williams University. You know, good luck to all the kids moving on to college. Um, yeah, that is about it. Uh, don't forget tomorrow, set the record straight. The untold truth, Coach Fulton, he's gonna let it out. Um, and to our newest sponsor, big shout out to Rally Point, the only way to stand is together. I think Coach Penn was actually doing, um, I think it was tonight, 75 Division Road. But get out there and check out Coach Pennington's fellowship uh, and also check out rallypointministries.org. Um, I wish Breakthrough Academy be safe on your trip to Vegas. You know, Coach Dunbar has taken 19 of the state's best football players to compete in that seven-on-seven. Seven. I mean, this is a mecca tournament. And they're also going to stop by Dixie State University. Um, they're going to stop there, check the college out, pick up a D1 FCF coach to help with the defense. Um, so good luck, Stanley Dunbar, Breakthrough Academy, and all the kids over there. You know, yeah, definitely have a very, very safe trip um and that is about it man good luck coach mccormick um doing a lot of good things and we'll be back tomorrow with coach Fulton. so let me just get where i'm going make sure i ain't forgetting anything Like, yo, I see the trunk and everything right there. So you open up a whole nother another level to what we do as well. So it makes only sense that we I just step and do my own dance. I ain't rocking shit else. I want my own 